It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, how you doing? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. I'm a super fan of the Cincinnati Reds, and I've turned my addiction into information for you. Today, we are going to recap the Reds' first road series, take a look at what it was that got exposed in the desert out in Arizona. Boy, I, I think they're just ready to put Arizona behind them altogether here in 2021. We're going to talk about that. I, I have some thoughts as to how we can approach this as Reds fans, going from a crazy win streak where it just didn't feel like they were going to ever lose, and now they've lost two in a row, and it looks like they may have come back down to earth a little bit. We're going to talk about that here on today's podcast. also have a couple of thoughts about the San Francisco series coming up here starting later tonight, and by later, I mean the first pitch doesn't start until 9.45 p.m. Most of us aren't going to see the entire game, so I'll have them all covered for you here on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If this is your first time, make sure that you are following the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms. That way, you don't miss the content that I've got coming for you all season long. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Lockdown Reds, and save that Lockdown Reds line number into your phone for questions, comments, reactions every Friday. Coming up here in a couple of episodes, obviously, this Friday as well, we have a Jeff's Junk Mail segment. Whether it be from the Lockdown Reds line or on Twitter, you can reach me. Questions, comments, reactions to whatever the Reds are doing, or if you just want to know what my favorite color is, 513-549. Zero one five nine. All right, so let's start by looking at this Arizona series as a whole. As fans, it was a disappointment. As the team, it should have been a dis- disappointment as well. The Reds are better than the Arizona Diamondbacks. The 2021 Cincinnati Reds are better than the 2021 Arizona Diamondbacks. But the Reds did not play well in this series. The bats got shut down. It felt like every time they got a hit, every time they got something going, they waited until they had two outs to even start. So by that time, they were already up against it, whatever inning it was, however far behind they were in games two and three, the lineup just never seemed to build the momentum that it had during the six-game win streak. Then you add on the fact that Jeff Hoffman and Jose De Leon looked a lot more like the versions of themselves that we fans kind of feared we were going to get rather than their first starts. Their first starts made Derek Johnson continue to look like the wizard that we all believe that he is because their first starts were absolutely amazing. Now, Jeff Hoffman's did come against the St. Louis Cardinals, but Jose De Leon pitched against the Pirates. The Diamondbacks are better than the Pirates. 
but De Leon was getting smacked around, man. Now, he had plenty of strikeouts, that's for sure. He still showed that he is a talented pitcher. It's just he had a lot of pitches that really weren't hitting their spots. And that was the same problem with Jeff Hoffman, except in a different way. He wasn't getting smacked around. He was giving up walks. He was giving up some really random hits that the defense just didn't know what to do with. And the defense was exposed. Regardless of our excitement level as fans, the Reds were never going to go 161-1. and And they were never going to go 160-2. and So I gotta ask you something that, as a Reds fan, whether you are a diehard who has followed this team, and, and, and ever since the end of 2020, you have earmarked 2021 like, boy, oh boy, this is an opportunity. This team's gonna be amazing. Or... If you're a fan that's kind of sit there with some question marks in your mind, like, you know, should I get emotionally involved in this team? Should I spend my summers, whether it's at the ballpark, watching on TV, listening on the radio, or just following along with the box score? How much should I really think? about the Reds in 2021, and you watched the six-game win streak and you were convinced that you should really pay attention to them, then that's awesome. Did you watch those two losses to Arizona and change your mind? I have to ask you why. Because even if the Reds lose tonight in the, season, or the series opening game in San Francisco, they will be 6-4 and four in their first 10 games. If they go the entire season winning 60% of their games, they will win the National League Central. Period, plain, and simple. This team entered the season as a very interesting team. There is a 100% chance that they will be intriguing all year. Long And not because we're worried about what prospect is coming up, not because we're worried about what player is going to get traded away for some package of young players who could affect the team in five years, because right now they have a chance to win. Mostly because the division itself isn't that good, but also because of the team that was built last season. Sure, they didn't really drum up any sort of excitement this offseason by making any sort of moves, but if you watched any of the games, these first nine, you see the talent on display. They're not a perfect team. They've got flaws. We're going to talk about those flaws here in just a minute, but they are so much fun to watch. I think that they are more fun to watch than they were in that uh, stretch of games where they were just on fire and, and were able to sneak on into the playoffs because I think that this offense is sustainable as a five to six run a game offense. And sure, they got shut out yesterday. You're not going to go an entire year without getting shut out. But look around the rest of Major League Baseball and tell me what team is absolutely just on fire, perfect, head and shoulders above the Reds. There's not that many. And you cannot convince me that the Cardinals are one of them. All right, we're going to talk about a couple of flaws, some things that were exposed. 
this weekend here in just a minute. But before we jump into that, I wanted to let you know we still have this amazing deal over at betonline.ag where if you enter the promo code locked on, you'll get 50% more added onto your initial deposit. If you want to get off the bench and get in the game and start making some money off of your sports knowledge today, the best and most trusted site for me and for the Lockdown Podcast Network is betonline.ag. They've got all the best lines you can check out each and every day. They also update player props for each individual game. You can go in and check out what they'll have for the Reds and Giants today. Typically, they like to do a couple of player prop uh parlays where it's like the Reds win and a Eugenio Suarez hits a home run. Now, I took that a couple of days ago. It didn't work out so well. He got a golden sombrero. But you know what I'm saying? You can go and you can have some fun. Make a couple of bucks off of your sports knowledge today at betonline.ag. And when you set up your profile, enter the promo code locked on to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. That's betonline.ag and the promo code locked on. Get all of your most important sports news in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Check out the brand new podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski each and every day. He takes a look around the sports world and brings to you the biggest news in sports. Find the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so the Reds were exposed a little bit, and I want to talk about a couple of those things. Some things that I don't necessarily know were surprises to everybody who really had a grasp on what this team was going to be in the offseason, not necessarily things that I look at and believe are going to completely derail everything that the Reds have built over this six-game win streak, but things that moving forward will keep them from having a perfect record. Okay, no team ever has had a perfect record in Major League Baseball. I get that. But when you look at the Reds, their fielding is the number one issue. Because Jeff Hoffman, while he did have trouble hitting the strike zone on Saturday, he was inducing a lot of weak contact. He was inducing a lot of bouncing balls in the infield and a lot of awkward plays that a above-average defensive team would have turned into outs. Not even a great defensive team. An above-average defensive team would have turned into outs. They were problems for the Reds. There were a couple of balls. The, the one in particular that I'm thinking of was a play in which Tim LaCastro beat out a double play attempt because a. Eugenio Suarez was trying to field a bouncing ball from Cole Calhoun, the number two hitter for the Diamondbacks, that if Mike Moustakis had gotten to it, it would have been an easy play. But Moose didn't quite have the fielding range to get there, so Gino had to back him up. And while he was getting it, he, his, all of his body weight was going away from second base, so he tries to make the throw. Tim LaCastro gave them fits all weekend long. Dude is fast. And he put the ball on the ground with every single hit. He kind of did exactly what we all wanted Billy Hamilton to do every time he swung the bat. Because we could have seen this happening for Billy Hamilton. But nonetheless, it happened for an Arizona Diamondbacks hitter. Whatever. I'm not bitter. Okay, maybe I am. But Gino 
on this specific play while he's falling back, tries to throw it to second. He has an awkward throw that bounces and it just doesn't get there. And Tim LaCastro is safe. Everybody's safe. And the inning continues. And there's just, there were just plays like that, that the defense was a half a step off, a half an inch off, maybe couldn't quite range over to get the ball. And because of that, the Diamondbacks flourished. And then there was a three-run single by Stephen Vogt. Yeah, a three-run single. It's not often you say that. Three-run single. The guy who gets the hit doesn't get past first base, but everybody on base scores. That's just the sum of what the Reds' defense did on Saturday. And then on Sunday, it was just all hard contact after hard contact. The Diamondbacks just absolutely obliterating whatever pitch Jose De Leon threw up there. If they didn't swing and miss and strike out, they absolutely obliterated whatever they saw. And that was another flaw in that we saw the kind of weak pitching depth that the Reds have. Don't get me wrong, I'm still hopeful that Jose De Leon can develop into something, but he still kind of has a ways to go in that development. And when you look at him right now, is a starting pitcher the perfect role for him? Kind of the same question with Jeff Hoffman. They're both in the same boat. They've done a fine job getting us from the beginning of the season when Sonny Gray is not healthy to hopefully being viable after he's healthy But we've seen a good start and we've seen a bad start. I think that's what you're going to get from the bottom two spots in this rotation. And now Wade Miley had a very stellar start his first time up against the Pirates. I'm interested to see what he gives us tonight against the Giants, who are a much better lineup than Pittsburgh. But overall, if you're talking about this rotation outside of Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray and Tyler Malley, I think you're okay with the idea that it's a little bit hot and cold with the four and five guys. You just hope that the lineup can back them up. And that didn't happen on Saturday and Sunday. They were shut down. And to be quite honest, I was very excited as a baseball fan for what Arizona got out of Riley Smith and Luke Weaver. As a Reds fan, I hated it. But as a baseball fan, I understood what that meant. That's pretty awesome to see guys like that who you weren't expecting a lot out of come out and just have stellar performance. That was by far and away the best start of Luke Weaver's career on Sunday. Make no mistake about it. It doesn't make me feel any better about the way that the Reds played. But a hat tip to him because dude was on fire on the mound. And Riley Smith was so unknown that even though he did give up two runs to the Reds, he still had a pretty stellar start as well. If you remember when we talked to Millard Thomas, he was not bullish on the Diamondbacks' chances in this series. And what did they do? They go out and won. Biggest reason was their pitching shut down the Reds' lineup Saturday and Sunday. And you're going to have that from time to time, even with the best of lineups. Sometimes they just have bad days and get shut down. So I'm not worried about the lineup just absolutely flipping the script and going from we're, we're scoring nine runs a game to scoring one run a game. That I don't think that's going to happen. Plus, I think there's reason for optimism with bits of the lineup because what has been the strength? 
Joey Votto and Eugenio Suarez have largely not been that big a factor, and yet they've still scored a ton of runs. I think we all expect Joey Votto and Eugenio Suarez to bounce back sooner rather than later, and when they kind of meet their level, the rest of the lineup might come down a little bit, but with Joey and Gino kind of coming up, that's going to even things out. I still think this lineup scores five to six runs a game the rest of the year if you if you average everything out. Because, you know, you'll have a nine-run game, you'll have a three-run game, stuff like that. But I think overall, the way that the exposures of this team have come out, they're not huge surprises, and they're things that can be at least mitigated most days. And what team doesn't want to have three great starts or at least three really reliable starters out of every five days? That's what the Reds have. The Reds have three really reliable starters. And yeah, Tyler Lamalley didn't have his best stuff on Friday, but he was still good enough to keep the Reds in a winning position. That shows his talent. So I'm still very bullish on the Reds' chances to continue this hot streak. Not necessarily they're going to have six-game win streaks every other week or so, but I definitely think they have the ability to maintain their top position, which they still have in the National League Central. It's going to be a fun fun year. You're not going to want to miss any of it. Keep it tuned here to the Locked On Reds podcast as we cover the Reds all season long. All right, coming up here in this final segment, I want to talk a little bit about this Giants series. Coming up, I've also got a thought or two about that one pitcher that was kind of an afterthought of an acquisition, but he's starting to show himself as a key member of this bullpen. We'll talk about that here in just a minute, but before we talk about that, I wanted to take a snack break. Wanted to grab the best-tasting protein bar on the market, that is Built Bar. Check out BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order and prove me wrong. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. It doesn't have that weird chalky feel in your mouth whenever you eat it. It doesn't have that weird like, ooh, I'm eating something that is really healthy for me. Like you're not going to think that whenever you eat it. It's 100% real chocolate and the flavors are fantastic. They've got the brand new flavors like white chocolate, raspberry cheesecake, churro puff. They've got birthday cake with sprinkles. They've got the best flavor. The, my my second favorite, Cherry Barcia is still my first, but my second favorite flavor in Coconut Brownie Chunk won the Built Madness Bracket as the best flavor that Built Bar has. You can check that all out today at BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Built Bar is amazing because it tastes great and has great statistics. Low sugar, low fat, high protein. You're going to love it. Check it out today. BuiltBar.com and the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. Fantasy Baseball Addicts Rejoice. We've got a daily 
podcast to help you win on the waiver wire and you win your league. It's the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast hosted by Scott Cullen. He combines decades of fantasy baseball experience with a data-driven approach to help you win your league. Check it out today, the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Before we jump into this giant series, I wanted to point out a dude who has really impressed me in the early going, guy out of the bullpen, that honestly, whenever he was picked up, I kind of was like, who? And why should we care? Why is it that big of a deal? He was kind of an afterthought of an acquisition, but we've heard a lot about him, at least when reporters and the media talk with Derek Johnson. He was so bullish about Carson Fulmer. He has now given the Reds seven and a third innings pitched out of the bullpen in 2021, which, by the way, if you want to go on his baseball reference page and you really want to start splitting hairs and you go back and you look at 2020, he's already pitched more innings this year than he did last year. But in seven and a third innings pitched this season, he's got seven strikeouts and a walks plus hits per inning pitch of .95. It's pretty solid numbers to start with, especially when you're looking at guys like Cam Bedrosian, who's coming out of the bullpen. I really kind of was hoping to see a lot more from him. He's been getting beat up his first couple of appearances here in 2020, and you've seen some less than stellar performances from some other guys. Maybe Carson Fulmer's starting to figure it out because at one point, He was touted, if you listen to different people talk about him, and if you read about him, whenever he came out of college, he was looking to be one of the next big things, and he just never got there for one reason or another. And now he is one of the many reclamation projects that the Reds have put on the doorstep of Derek Johnson. I just, I I don't know, like, I, I, I feel like the Reds, front office and the people that are bringing in pitchers have turned into like the the kid who brings in a stray animal and it's up to the parents to take care of the stray animal and Derek Johnson does a really good job with most of these stray animals now some of them are a little far gone but for the most part he just takes these pitchers and augments them into something totally different and I think that Carson Fulmer is starting to take that next step Now, he was looked at as a possible starting pitcher out of college. I don't think that the Reds have designs for him on that at least this year, but maybe he starts to insert himself into that conversation. Carson Fulmer has been very fun to watch these first. I mean, he was a dude who came in and really did well in mop-up duty on opening day. And he's pitched some nice innings in these games with low ev- low leverage situations. I would love to see him pitch in a little bit higher leverage situations, see what he can give the Reds because he's had some nice stuff. And I don't necessarily think that his good performances are products of low leverage situations. You can get at me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs if you think I'm wrong. I'm wrong a lot. I get it. But at the same token, I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of Carson Fulmer, and I'd like to see more. All right, let's jump into this giant series because I still have high expectations for the Reds to at least take two out of three from the Giants. Don't get me wrong, the Giants were improved this offseason, and they've got some interesting dudes on this team, and two of them are former Reds, and Anthony DeSclafani and Kirk Casale, which... Speaking of Di Sclafani, we 
will not see him, but we will see two other former Reds pitchers. Wednesday, I'm going to be in my fields because I always loved watching Johnny Cueto, and we're going to watch him pitch against the Reds, which is going to be a total bummer because I love watching Johnny Cueto pitch, and I'm going to have to root for him to lose, so that's going to suck. But Monday night, tonight, We've got Wade Miley on the bump against Aaron Sanchez. Aaron Sanchez's first start was pretty stellar. Five innings, he had four strikeouts. He did give up some base runners, though, so hopefully the Reds can get some guys on base and take advantage of that. Six hits against Aaron Sanchez in his first start. He was able to scatter them, though, and only gave up one earned run. And with Jesse Winker pinch hitting yesterday and the lineup sort of coming back to earth, I think we're going to see a little bit more of a normalized lineup. I I, I think that it's time for Tyler Naquin to resume his role as the number four outfielder. Now, that's a great role for him and not necessarily where I expected him to be whenever the Reds got him this offseason, but he is firmly entrenched as the Reds' number four outfielder. I'm expecting... Tonight's outfield to be Jesse Winker, Nick Senzel, and Nicholas Castellanos. And then you got a healthy infield. And I think this is going to be a fun series to watch. And it starts tonight against Sanchez. Sanchez, after his one start, I don't know that you can really uh, know a pitcher after one start, but he did pitch his sinker ball more than his four-seam fastball, which was totally contrary to 2019 when he threw his four-seam fastball more than double, or a little bit more than double, a little bit less than double, whatever. Math is hard. He threw it a lot more than a sinker in 2019. His fastball gets uh, gets plunked. The Reds really need to hone in on that fastball because his curveball and his changeup are pretty solid. His fastball averages around 93 miles an hour, but that's usually the pitch that opposing hitters kind of take to the woodshed a little bit, if you will. I mean, in 2019, in a much bigger sample size than we have currently, because he didn't pitch in 2020, in 2019, against the four-seam fastball, opposing hitters hit 324, and against the sinker, they hit 296. So the Reds need to jump all over that tonight. We'll see exactly what they can do. First pitch is slated for 9.45 p.m. with Wade Miley and Aaron Sanchez on the hill. Looking forward to seeing what Miley's going to follow up his first start as because I know lots of Reds fans are very questionable at best as to how they feel about Wade Miley. He's got a shot tonight to prove that he's better than they expect. And he's going to do it against a couple of guys, a couple of dudes who have been around for a few years that are having a bit of a resurgency early on here in 2021. Both Buster Posey and Evan Longoria have looked pretty solid in the early goings. We'll have to see how he contains them. The Giants lineup as a whole is interesting because we're not talking about a team that's full of young guys. We're talking about a team mostly made up of 30-somethings. In fact, their youngest player who has gotten at bats is Mauricio Dubon at 27. And Lamont Wade Jr. has four plate appearances in a game. He's 27 as well. Everybody else except for Austin Slater and Wilmer Flores are above 30. I'm sorry, Mauricio Dubon is 26. But still, everybody else is above 30. 
so this is a team that based on that you were thinking look they're looking to compete right now so this is going to be a series between two teams looking to prove to the upper echelon of the National League which for the Giants so happen to be division mates in the Dodgers and Padres and then you look at the East and you got the Nationals and the Braves and all them that these two teams need to be feared this is going to be a fun series to watch and I'll be all over it follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's to see my game takes also follow at locked on Reds for lineup updates and all that good stuff and make sure that you're following the podcast as well and save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. That's going to do it for us here today. We're going to react to what we see here in the series opening game. And we're going to preview the next in the next couple of podcasts. We're going to preview the next couple of pitchers, which Tuesday night, not necessarily going to be that nostalgic. Kevin Gossman was a red for a minute. But he's really come on ever since leaving the Reds. We're going to talk a lot more about that on tomorrow's podcast. But then Wednesday, I'm just going to warn you. I'm going to be in my feels. I always loved watching Johnny Cueto pitch as a Red. It's it's going to be tough watching him pitch against us. It just always is. That's the way it is for me, man. But that's going to do it for us here today. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. I'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.